0: on the Google Play or App Store or visit them online at fishingbooker.com
1: to book your trip today. Outdoor adventure won't wait for engine problems. Things like hard starts, rough performance, and lost fuel economy are often caused by fuel gum and varnish buildup. Seafoam can help your engine run better and last longer. You simply pour a can into your gas tank, Hunters and anglers rely on Seafoam to keep their engines running the way it should the entire season. So pick up a can of Seafoam today at your local auto parts store or visit SeafoamWorks.com to learn more. Welcome to the Wired to Hunt
0: Foundation's podcast, your guide to the fundamentals of better deer hunting. Presented by First Light, creating proven, versatile hunting apparel for the stand, saddle, or blind. First Light, go farther, stay longer. And now, your host, Tony
2: Peterson. Hey everyone, welcome to the Wired to Hunt Foundations podcast, which is brought to you by First Light. I'm your host, Tony Peterson. And today's episode is all about how to work on becoming a better hunter during the off season. Do you know why the rut is considered the easiest time to whitetail hunt? Of course you do. It's because the whole thing gets dumbed down by all those bucks out there looking to pass on their genes. But it's more than that. It allows us as hunters to take the easy route, to sit the obvious spots. It brings those burned out stand sites back into play, and it offers even the dimmest stump sitters in our hunting camps a fighting chance at a good encounter. That's great. But if you'd rather not just be a finger crossing type of hunter who is hoping for a little divine intervention in the deer woods, there are some things you can do now to make yourself a little bit better this season. And this goes for your rut hunts, this goes for your early season hunts, and it goes for you as a person. Here's how you do it. Have you ever listened to a podcast with that fella, David Goggins, or, you know, seen some of his social media posts? He's the shredded Navy SEAL dude who is always swearing at the camera and yelling at the voices in his head about how no one can hurt him. Or maybe you've heard Jocko Willink, another shredded Navy SEAL dude who preaches the message that suffering is good for you and that you better get your ass out of bed at O Dark 30 to be a productive person. A lot of the retired special forces folks go on to become motivational speakers. They go on to start businesses and run mountain marathons and generally make most of us look like the kind of lazy losers who are basically just skin sacks stuffed with lumpy pudding and who should probably hide away in caves so we don't bring the whole human race down with our dumpy frumpiness. Now, maybe that's too harsh but there is a unique phenomenon in modern culture where we are just absolutely drawn to individuals who have done really hard things, like earning their trident after hell week, or I don't know, free soloing LCAP cap, or surfing waves that are so tall they dwarf a pretty good sized building. We are in awe of people who do difficult stuff, and you can't help notice that the people who do stuff like that, aside from the adrenaline junkie factor, They also happen to accomplish a lot of difficult things in just their daily lives. They seek out challenges. And you might think it's purely in their hardwiring, but I don't believe that. A lot of them have a rough start. And some event, often traumatic, pushes them to change and to do things differently. Sometimes something hard. And over time, challenges their motivator. And they lean into it, into those hard things. Look at it this way. If you have the discipline to run, I don't know, 100 miles in the mountains in a 24-hour time period, how hard can it be to start your own business? Or, I don't know, do enough deadlifts where you'll look like an underwear model after a while. Now think about yourself. What challenges have you had in life? The answer to that will vary a lot by the person. We've all had our own challenges, but how many did we choose? This is where things get a little squirrely. Life can throw a real shit sandwich right down your gullet at any point, and that can be totally unrelated to any choices you've made in your life. Maybe you had a child born with some serious issue. Maybe you got laid off from a job you really needed, and you found yourself on the verge of absolute poverty. Maybe someone in your support network, a family or friend, died suddenly. All of those and a million more examples from everyday life can prove how challenging things can be. And I don't mean to be depressing here, so stick with me. Because you might think, I don't know, all of those things can happen. Or something like that did happen to me, and it sucks. You might also think, since all of those things can happen, or one of those things did happen to me, I'm sure as hell not going to seek out more difficult things to do in life. Instead, you'd like two scoops of the easy route, por favor. And yet, despite all you have been through, and all that you might go through, you still choose to hunt. And probably if you're listening to this, bow hunt. And probably yet, bow hunt mature deer or good enough elk or some other standard of animal that's just not that easy to come by. In fact, for most of us, hunting is one of the most challenging activities we can think of. This is why the hunting industry is chock full of products that promise you easier success And it's absolutely jam-packed with folks who love to tell you how to do it while hawking these products and their personal brands. The truth is, there is a disconnect between what we think hunting is and what it actually is. We think it's just this relaxing thing that rewards us just by delivering a little disconnect from our daily lives. It is that thing, but it's also really hard. Too hard for most of us to actually be successful on any given year think about that most of us who don't have navy seal pedigrees choose to do this one thing for fun that is mostly going to show us how bad we are at it it's weird but something to think about is this why why do we choose to engage in a hobby or passion or whatever you want to call it that is so difficult Failure is the most likely outcome, because the reward is so damn sweet, and there are many layers of rewards. Killing a big buck or bull, those are obvious ones, but seeing a big buck or bull is pretty rewarding too. Just spending a badass morning watching the woods and all that happens there can be pretty rewarding too, and the truth is, we do this hard thing for many reasons, and all of them are good. It's also true that, for many of us, this is one of the few things we choose to do with our free time that is real challenging. In this way, and a whole bunch of others, we are not like retired Navy SEALs. We can get a little closer to their mentality, however, which will help us accomplish more things in life. Things like, oh, I don't know, being one of the few hunters to cross the Colorado state line and shoot a public land elk when most people just won't or maybe arrow a solid buck in the swamps of the Southern United States when, oh, I don't know, most hunters won't. We are wired for challenge, but also to try to make life as easy as possible. This is a rough dichotomy in our heads and in our bodies. It's the urge to stay inside in the air conditioning and eat a calorie dense snack the moment hunger strikes. We are fighting a hell of a lot of years of human struggles and it's easy to give in when the living is good but if you're a hunter and you are, because otherwise you wouldn't be listening to me ramble on, you've chosen one really difficult thing to do. And you know how to get better at that difficult thing. Don't you? Yeah, do something else difficult. Yeah, you didn't see that coming, did you? You don't have to start a business or run a hundred miles in the mountains in one shot. You can start small. Maybe you don't work out at all, fine. Maybe you hate running, fine, walk. What's your step count like on a daily basis? Can you beat that next week? Can you hit 20,000 steps a day for a month? It's not the one-off success you're shooting for. One day at 20,000 steps is great, but it doesn't really mean a thing to your life. Doing that for days on end or a certain amount of days per month, that's what you want. You wanna set a difficult goal that forces accountability every day, or at least every week. Maybe most days. That's the key. Maybe you run a little and you want to do a half marathon. Great. Sign up for one. Then make a plan for how you'll get there. It's not easy, but that's the point. You'll be working toward a goal you can feel damn proud of, and that will help you become a better hunter. Because guess what? When you hunt, you're working toward a goal you can feel damn proud of. And if you have to go for a run five times a week for months to run a half marathon, you can also scout once a week in the summer to have better hunts this fall. If you're like, man, I'm pretty sick of hearing all these slimy influencers preach about getting in shape when I have a really demanding job and seven young kids at home and just don't have the bandwidth or the time, great. What else could you do? How about something like, expanding your effective range with your bow or whatever weapon you choose to hunt with. If you're a bow hunter, let's say you're a 40 yards and undershooter, Can you set a goal to get really good at 50 or 60? Because if you get really good at ranges you think are too far to shoot, then you're onto something. You're taking something challenging that will make another challenging task a little bit easier. And I'm not talking about How being able to shoot accurately at 60 yards mean you should be flinging away at 60 yards in the woods. I'm talking about the work it takes to become a really competent, longer-range shooter, and how that will give you confidence on shorter shots. It'll make you realize that if you can hit a little spot at 60, a whole deer's vitals at 20 is pretty easy. So maybe the goal should be to get to a point where you can step outside and shoot a four-arrow group into the vitals of a 3D target at ranges that are double what you're comfortable shooting an actual animal at. Do you know what that'll take? More range time and a keen sense of your shooting form. It'll take daily or at the very least weekly commitment. It will require a process of ramping up the shot distance in small increments and a mentality that you're building on something because you are. What if you're like, man, I can shoot the wings off of a gnat at 80 yards in low light while someone blasts German death metal in my ear and someone else tries to hit me square in the knackers with a Roman candle like you see on social media posts sometimes of those young people, usually men, who you know probably aren't likely to reach middle age with all their fingers or both their eyes in working order. What if you can shoot like that and you can run marathons without breaking a sweat? Are you good for the season? What else could you do? How about this, add in a few really good spots to hunt, not properties, not properties, but spots, stand sites, blind sites. I've preached this message a lot, but I think the off-season hunt for good spots is as important as the in-season hunt for big bucks. In fact, it's probably way more important, but we can give it equal weight if that makes you feel more comfortable. The best hunters out there don't settle, and that's a lesson that matters a lot. They're always looking for new spots, new stand sites, new places to sit, no matter what time of the season it is. This is a challenge in and of itself, and it takes you from being a typical hunter who scouts a little bit in the summer, but mostly relies on cameras, to someone who is actively working to find places to actually kill bucks in September or December or whenever the season is open. This sounds obvious, but how many people actually do this? Not that many in my experience. Think about it this way. What if you make a goal to e-scout a certain amount of time each week and then ground truth your findings at some point on the weekends? Now, I'm not talking about dropping 75 waypoints and then death marching into them for a quick scan around before heading to the next one. I'm talking about building a plan, you know, a, a, just a hit list of potential spots, and then going in to actually figure them out to figure out if they're worth hunting. And if they are, how you'd actually hunt them and when you'd actually hunt them. If that's a weekly or monthly thing, your benefit during the season is going to be very real. It's also work and not that much fun, but that's the case with most of the stuff we have to do to accomplish difficult things. There are little rewards along the way and eventually some big ones and it never, ever ends. And that's a good thing. Actually, it's a great thing. To keep challenging yourself throughout life is one of the few ways to ensure you'll live some form of good life, no matter what happens that is out of your control, or hell, in your control. Now, I've used some examples that are relevant to me, but the overall sentiment here is that if you want to be a better hunter who enjoys his or her time in the field more, You have to condition yourself to challenge and then condition yourself to accomplishing things, finishing things, getting the freaking job done, my friends. Think about some of the unfinished stuff in your life that gives you anxiety. Maybe you're rebuilding an engine in your garage and it has been three years and your wife reminds you 27 times a day about it. Maybe you're embarrassed by the landscaping in your yard and you know a day or two some weekend with some sweat equity would get it to a place where you wouldn't want to blindfold your house guests when they come over so they don't see the mess you've allowed at your house. Getting things done is good for the soul. Accomplishing challenges is good for the soul. Working towards something rewarding is good for the soul. Embracing this stuff, whether it is directly related to hunting, you know, like scouting or shooting really well, or if it has nothing to do with actually hunting, is a good thing. If you condition yourself to see it through, this is the real key here. It's not enough to recognize the holes in your life and hunting game, but to actually work to shore some of them up. You won't do this by buying a product any more than you'll do this by putting in three hours of effort on some random Saturday in July. It's just not that easy. And I am sorry for that. You know, Maybe in the future when Elon gets his act together, you'll be able to program your Tesla robot to go out in the woods and scout for you and hang your sets. But until then, you're mostly responsible for your success and your enjoyment in the woods. Maybe someday Onyx will add in a layer that uses decommissioned military satellites to beam the exact locations of all the deer in the woods to your phone right now. But we're not there yet. Hunting is still difficult, and it should be but you can make it less difficult by working on making yourself the kind of person who leans into challenges. That's the secret sauce to making life better and to making hunting something that is more than just some time in the woods, more than just a finger crossing attempt at being in a spot where a deer might walk by. It becomes something else. And the more you do difficult things, the more you'll wanna do difficult things. If you figure out how to shoot better through a long game, somewhat disciplined approach, you might find yourself itching to go hunt antelope just once. If you hold your nose and scout the public land down the road so you can add one new spot to your roster, you might realize that what you thought public land was and what it is can be vastly different. That might be all you need to buy that non-resident tag somewhere else and go take that first trip with your buddies, which is another decision that means you're probably not taking the easy way out and you'd better put in some work to enjoy it. There's a snowball effect to this stuff, and it feeds into so many aspects of life. It doesn't have to be couched in this overwhelming message that you're a lazy POS who doesn't deserve to breathe the same air as some super athlete or some other individual who has done things most humans don't think are possible. It can be much simpler than that. It can just be something that you know you have trouble with, so you're going to make a concerted effort to get better at it. It can be as simple as finishing some projects you procrastinated on it could be a matter of getting to one really good group of arrows or getting to the end of a 5k without throwing up or taking an accidental dump right in your workout shorts it can be a lot of things all of which will help you be more successful in the woods and the best part is you can start right now in the off season you can also come back next week and i hope you do because i'm going to talk about how to set your hunting standards in a way that is actually going to make you happy that's it for this week i'm tony peterson this has been the Wired to hunt foundations podcast which is brought to you by first light as always thank you so much for listening and for all your support here with the Wired to hunt and all the meat eater stuff that we're doing truly truly appreciate it if you haven't got your fix or you just want to see some more of the stuff that the team here is creating head on over to themeeteater.com and you will see all kinds of series you'll see all kinds of articles how-to YouTube videos, all kinds of stuff. Go over there, check it out.
0: I'm sure a lot of you guys remember the old ceremonial hunting tradition of eating the heart out of the first animal you kill. Meat from those organs are among the most nutrient-rich foods on the planet. You can get those same benefits your ancestors craved